Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church Message Podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter, or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Why don't we grab a seat this morning? Well, welcome to Vision Sunday. And, and um, as Paul said, next week's the anointing service. And I encourage you, pray about it during the week. What are you believing God for? We're going to have it like when we did our building offering. We're going to anoint you with oil. We're going to pray for every person who wants to be prayed for. And we're just going to ask you, what do you believe in God for? And we're going to pray for you. So I want you to come expected. We want today and next week is to set up your 2020. You know, January's over. The party time's over. February's here. School's back. Business, we're back into it. So again, with that, I encourage you, let's get here on time. Can we do that? Church starts at 10, so let's get here at quarter two, put the kids in. And, you know, it's a great atmosphere when the music starts at 10, the place is packed, the band's been here since 8 a.m. They feel inspired that it was worth getting up early. So can I encourage you, make one of your goals this year to get to church ready for worship at 10. Can we do that? It would make me feel good as a pastor when I turn around and see the place full. I go, oh, thank you, Jesus, you love me. So thank you. That would be good. Okay, well, welcome to Vision Sunday. And today's not just about church vision. We're going to talk about church vision. But it's kind of like two messages here. There's a, there's a part one, which is personal. So a lot of the message is personal because I don't want to just talk about what the church wants to do. I want to talk about God into your life, your 2020. So whether it's about a vision for you to accomplish something or have a dream come to pass this year, or whether it's just a personal vision for you as an individual to change, for you to grow, a, a personal vision for you to be your best version. That's what I want to talk into today. And also we're going to have like a part two and I'm going to throw out some things with, with church vision as well. And some of the things I'm going to talk about, you're going to say, oh, I heard Pastor Robbie say that last year. I heard him say that. So I've, I've pulled together a whole lot of concepts and thoughts and, 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 and things that I've spoken about through the year that I really feel are relevant for vision. And I've added to it, okay? So I just want to reinforce some of these concepts and thoughts today. Um, so today's message is entitled, this is part one of our new series, Bright Bold Hope series, goes for the next two weeks after this. Part one is 2020 vision, like that 2020 vision, it's like good vision, clear vision, perfect vision. I used to have 2020, I never wore glasses until I was 41 and then I became a glass wearer. I don't like it but I can't get away from it. Anyway, each of us sees ourselves and our world around us and our vision through various lenses. And we've talked about this in some series. Various um, scripts, various types of glasses. You know, some of you um, might have glasses that are made with certain materials. You know, there's all different materials they make glasses out of. And some have scratch resistance. Some have Polaroid. You know, some are wearing sunglasses. And, and we all look at life through this lens of, of, our, of our upbringing. And, you know, some of you have sunglasses of the brown. Some have ones that have the blue, isn't it? Some have the ones that have mirrored. Some don't wear sunglasses and some look through rosy sunglasses and, and, and we have these different scripts that are stronger and weaker than others and none of the sunglasses are wrong. They're just a different script for you as an individual. And when I put on some sunglasses or, or glasses from somebody else, I go, oh my goodness, I'm, I feel drunk. I'm going to fall, you know, like you're dizzy, you know, it's like, you know, so you got to have the right script for you. Vision. I've got a uh, definition of vision, if we could put that out. One of the definitions is this. It's the act or power of anticipating that which will or may not come to pass. It's the act or power of anticipating that which will or may come to pass. It doesn't mean it will come to pass. So can I encourage you, if you're going to have a vision, have a vision where the glass is half full, 
not half empty. You know, we can have a vision of something that may happen. We've got a, a self-proclaimed prophecy that this is all going to fall over. We are going to go bankrupt. You know, we can have a vision for the negative. We can have a vision that it's not going to work out and, and nothing's going to happen. Or we can choose to have a vision of something that's positive. We can choose to go, you know what, I don't know what the outcome is, but I'm choosing to have a vision to see the positive side of the scenario. We will get through this. We will make this business work. We will not go bankrupt. I will finish that uni course. I'm going to, not the half full thing where it's half empty thing where it's going to go, I don't think we're going to make it. Don't cast a vision. When you cast for fishing, you got the right bait in the right waters. You, what you cast for is what you get. Yeah. Don't cast for yucky shoes in the river. Yeah. Cast that you're going to catch some good fish. Yeah. So cast a vision that is the active power of anticipating. Don't anticipate the worst. Yeah. Anticipate the best. Yeah. Anticipate the positive for your life. The, the best possible outcome that you want to see. Yeah. Whether it be for healing. Yeah. Whether it be for reconciliation. Whether it be for restoration. Whether it be for breakthrough. See, we live our life and our vision from the world that you're in. The way you look at life is a bit different to me. It's based on our past experiences. It's by, as we all have different experiences. We all see things different. We've all had different people in our life and, and different processes. We see life like that. And we're often unaware that we're living out of a script in our heart. Like, we're blinded to it so often, you know. I always thought everybody saw life like me. But then I realised people have different views and opinions and they've come from a different angle. I was like, oh, I wasn't used to that because I'm, oh, okay. I'm learning not to be as narrow-minded and pig-headed and stubborn. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. We're on a process. And that, but we see things through our lens. Like if you think people are unfriendly at church, when you come to church, you're going to go, yep, see, they looked at me funny. Yep. I saw the way they looked. Yep, they're unfriendly. But you might forget the other nine people that said hello to you. You focus on that one script that you've got in your head, people are unfriendly. Oh, they just proved it. That person didn't even smile at me. Pastor Robbie didn't hug me, whatever it be. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, we, we, we gravitate to this vision of what we're living out of, and it reinforces our concept. But God wants to challenge us to start to look at things through different lenses. You're looking for a car. You know you see that car, don't you? Like you, you want your whatever, red Maserati, whatever. You, you, you see it everywhere. Maybe. Maybe not in Shepherd, but, but in Melbourne. Sorry, you do. I probably do. Mazda, let's go Mazda. You see that car everywhere. Everyone's got the same car I'm looking for. It, it's the way it often is. We see things. I want to just challenge you today that out of our assumptions and our beliefs is how we behave. And that God wants to challenge some people here today, as he's challenging me, that you need a new script. You need to go and get your eyes tested again. God is testing your heart and your eyes at the moment. Why? Not because he wants to hurt you. He wants you to get a better script for the occasion. He wants you to have a new script for today. Because the script you had two years ago has run out. Your eyes have changed and your circumstances have changed. And he says, you need a new lens today because I want you to see clearer for today. See, the first time I did glasses, I was about 41. I remember being in a few business meetings and they had PowerPoints and I sat there and went, gee, these, these guys are rubbish at PowerPoints. I mean, they just blurry, these PowerPoints. I got to go sit up the front. I'm saying to people, what, look at these PowerPoints. They're like, what are you talking about? I said, what, you can look at them? I'm like, yeah. It was like an interruption. I went, oh, maybe it's not the PowerPoint. And I sat there and went, it couldn't be me because I have 20-20 vision. I've had it for 40 years. Why would it change? Why would it be different today than it was yesterday? I was challenged, but the reality of what I saw went against what I believed, and then I had to change my belief and think, maybe I need glasses. 
So I went to the optometrist, and I only needed a little script. I remember the first time I put them on. I was at the shopping center, Robina Town Center. Put them on, I looked out, and all of a sudden, I could see clearly the signs across the mall, and I was like, whoa, it was like this revelation. I was like, wow, I did not know that I wasn't seeing things clearly. And it, was, it could have been like that for two years. I didn't know. I wasn't aware until it was brought to my attention. And then when I saw it, I wear glasses ever since. I don't have to wear them all the time. I try not to when I want to. You know, I don't. Anyway, shut up. Okay. <laughs> I try not to in photos because I don't want to look like a nerd. But anyway, okay. But we need to change our thinking like I had to change my thinking. Sometimes we have these thoughts about ourselves. And God wants to challenge us, hey, is that really who you are? Is that really who you are? And sometimes we have thoughts about other people. We think, they'll never change. They can't change. Like I've said before, a friend of ours, Corey, um, was a drug addict and stealing from his family, the painters who, who were here recently, and they'd steal and he'd fights and drugs and years, like 15 years. Grew up in a Christian family, and I kind of, in my head, went, 15 years, like, you're not going to change. Keep praying, he's not going to change. He got saved, came to church. He's now a leader, leads mission teams. Like, God can change anybody. He can change your husband. He can change your wife. He can change your work colleague. He can change me. He can change you. We got to change our thinking. See, Jesus wants to help you and me live out a better version of ourselves, a better 2020 than we can imagine. And that's what I want to talk about today. And my first point, if you're taking notes, is personal vision is, is based out of our assumptions and our beliefs. We, we live out of out of that. And we look through the lens of our belief system. And we live out of that paradigm. And you know when you've, you've been to like, who's been to 3D movies? You ever been to, did they have a 3D one in Shepparton? You go, you, anyway, you go to those and you don't put the special glasses on. And I just have my normal glasses that suit me. And you look at it and you go, man, that is blurry. It's double, it, it doubled up. It just looks terrible. And if you thought that's, you didn't know you had to have different glasses. You would think there's something wrong with the movie. This is rubbish quality. I want my money back. And sometimes we look at life and, and circumstances and we think it's the situation that's wrong or the person's wrong or this is wrong or that's wrong. But God's just saying, hey, I've got some different lenses. You need to see the circumstances from a different angle. I've got special glasses for 3D. So you could look at that movie and it just looks rubbish. But once you put the glasses on, you realise nothing's changed but except the way you look at it. And all of a sudden, it becomes an amazing 3D movie that's interactive and people are coming out in your face and it's amazing. See, your life right now could be amazing, but you're just using the wrong lens. You're looking at it from the wrong angle. The, the situation's the same, but it's your beliefs and your perspective that you're taking. God wants to give you a new lens. He wants to get rid of the blurriness. The things we don't see clearly, but it's through God's word. The Bible says that the, 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 the Bible is the word of God. And that word is what challenges us as we read it and it washes over our soul. And as we walk with the Holy Spirit living in us, the Bible says that, that God, his word is a lamp to our feet. See, it's, it's through God's perspective and understanding him and walking with him that he can direct our steps and he can light the path before us. See, what assumptions and beliefs have affected your vision for the future? What are some of the beliefs that you're living out of? I'm going to fairly be vulnerable right now. I'm going to disclose some things that I've lived out of and that I'm changing, that it might make you vulnerable and you might face some of these things. I've, you know, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family. Loved them. Dad's passed away. 
fair bit of violence, fair bit of insecurity, a lot of fear. Went to public school, had poor self-esteem. You know, wasn't a great experience. Uh, didn't count myself as intelligent, thought of myself as stupid. Went and did a trade because I thought there's nothing else I would be able to do in life. Thought my script for life is just going to be what my family had. And that's how it was going to be. Age of 18, I had an encounter with Jesus. Wow. Yeah, 18, he became a disruption, a catalyst in my life. And he spoke to me hope. He spoke to me restoration. He spoke to me that, that tomorrow can be different from the past. And, and he gave me a new set of lenses. He gave me like these glass, you know what I mean, spiritual glasses I could see. And as I read his word and I prayed, I saw life through a different set of lenses. If you're taking notes, this, this is a line I want you to think about. Your first set of glasses will not be your last pair. Your first set of glasses are never going to be your last pair. See, the set of glasses I got when I was 41, I don't know, it's like eight, six, I don't know, glasses away. I'm probably due for new ones because I like to get them so I look trendy as opposed to needing them. But because you're going to have glasses, you want to look good. So the pair of glasses I have now is completely different to the first pair. And so when I met Jesus, he, he gave me glasses. But what I found is as I've gone on, every couple of years, he's had to readjust. He's had to realign the lens for me to... For different seasons need different glasses. You might need a couple of pairs of glasses. You might need some sunglasses when you're outside and at the beach. But then you might need some reading glasses when you're reading. You might have to have a few lenses that when you're in different circumstances, you've got to look from different angles. You don't have to have the same pair of glasses all through the day. See, God sometimes wants to give us different perspectives depending on the circumstance that we're in. Every two years, I've, I've three or four, two to four, I get a new script. Right now, God's given me a new lens. I'll be, I'll be transparent. I've gone through testing in the last couple of months. I feel a test I've been through, an eye test. This is showing me, hey, you're not seeing things. You've seen it how you should have, but you know what? For the next season, I need to equip you with some new lenses. You need to do a new perspective. And, yeah. and it's highlighted to me, and I'll be honest, that, that because of my upbringing, I found I've distrusted adults and people. You know, distrusted, and I felt quite insecure. And I found because of my insecurities and my distrust, as I grew up, I, I started to control. The only way I could control the chaos that I grew up with was to take control. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I started to put structures in place. That have, some have been really successful to help me because structures and, and processes are good, but some of them have been negative and that I try to control stuff too much. Yeah. God's saying, hey, you're controlling too much. You're stifling people. You're stifling what I want to do and, and jealousy and... The Holy Spirit just said to me, hey, you need new lenses. I want to give you a new lens. I want to give you a new set of glasses. And you need to live out of a different paradigm. You need to trust people. You need to give people permission to fall over and make mistakes. You need to live out of a better security that's in your heart. You need to let go of control and be less jealous about stuff. And you say, why? Because the more I do that, the more it liberates you. The more it liberates staff, the more it liberates my family, my children. See, by me letting go of control and being more secure, it allows those around me to be who they were meant to be. It allows those around me to be the best, be the, be, the best them they can be. It allows them to fly. Instead of me trying to hold them so they don't go, I'm just going to let people fly. And when I'm the best me, 
Those around me become the best them. And as you're the best you, the people around you become the best you. Best them. You and them and me and you. Yes. That's why. We want freedom for people so they can flourish, but also be secure within ourselves. And it's challenging. And that's my challenge right now as I'm putting on these new lenses. And it's a process and it's not going to happen overnight. I'm going to fall over. I'm going to get up again. But we're on a journey. But that's me. What about you? You know, what are the lenses that you need to change? What are the assumptions that you're living out of right now? I'm not smart enough. You know, you got to, this is self-reflective. I'm not, I'm not good enough. You're enough. I'm not the right size. I'm not from the right background. I'm too short. I'm too tall. I don't have the right colored skin. I'm too conservative. I don't fit in. I, that couldn't be me. What, what are these assumptions that you're living out of? And God's saying, you know what? You need a new script. I want to give you a new set of lenses, that you, you, a new set of lenses for where you're at right now because this next season, you want to, you're going to fall over if you've got the wrong glasses on. You're going to run into equipment. You're going to trip over rocks. You're going to have the right lenses so you can see clearly and get through your next season. Maybe you're thinking, I couldn't have a happy life or, you know, my wife won't change. I don't mean to point to you, Aston, but, you know. <laughs> my husband, sorry, I don't mean to point to you. My husband will never change. My sister or my aunt, they're never going to change. You know, if we live out these paradigms that this is never going to change, you know, we've got to start believing the best and, and, and believing that things can change. No one could ever love me. You can, I can, no one's ever going to love me. Man, I've seen all kinds of people be loved, and I think, they don't look lovable to me, but somebody loves them. Do you know what I mean? Somebody loves them. There's people that love you. you just got to look for them. You might be thinking, God can never forgive me. He, he'll never forgive me for what I've done. That's not true. God can forgive you if we come to him. See, Jesus wants to give you a new 2020 vision, a new 2020 vision. See, the Bible and the word of God and his scriptures and his stories are full of new lenses you, and vision. As you read through the Bible, there's so many circumstances and proverbs and psalms and, and stories. And that shows you another person's lens in that circumstance. And, and as you read the word, it helps you see a lens of God's perspective and his thinking. How would that, what would I do in that circumstance? What, they did this. That's God's perspective. His ways are in his book to help us understand. There's so many pairs of different glasses. He has a pair of glasses that fits you. He has the right glasses that would suit you. Only he can give you those glasses. See, life may be blurry for you right now. It may be that you're feeling like you're at a 3D movie and you've got the wrong glasses on. It's looking blurry. I can't see the future. I'm not feeling confident about things. He's just saying, hey, everything's all okay. Just, just put the new lenses I have for you. Take a chance. Put on these new 3D glasses that I've designed for you uniquely for who you are to be the best you, then you're going to see the picture correctly. We all don't have to have the same vision, same mission, same calling or giftings. We all get a room with our own view. John 14.2, if we could put that up, it says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? In other words, in God's house, it's a big mansion. It's all different rooms. Every room has a different view. When, when I'm at my home and I look out the back door, there's gardens and grass. When I look at the front door, there's a road and a park. When I look at the side door, there's just a fence. When I look at the other side door, there's some grass. And so. Even within my house, there's different views. 
And in God's house, there's different views. He can give you the glasses for the view that he's put you in that suits you. It's not right or wrong. It's his unique calling for who you are, for what he's calling you to be and what you to do. Just to help you with, there's a scripture here. It says 1 Peter 2.9. And this, this, this is just a scripture that would help give you a new lens, if you, just to give you an example. It says, if, it says, but you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. See, God says you're somebody of special worth. He says that he treasures you. He owns you. He possesses you. He loves you. And he wants to take you out of a place of darkness and of uncertainty. And he wants to light the path before you that you can see with confidence and assurance that you have 2020 vision. That's his desire for you is to see clearly with the right lenses. But the negative thing I want to say now is sometimes it takes a disruption. Sometimes it takes a wake-up call to get new lenses. See, Moses was out in the desert for 40 years. He was just being a, a shepherd. And then he, one day out of the blue, suddenly he sees a bush and it was burning. And he went over and got his attention. And a voice of God spoke to him and said, I want you to go to Egypt, set my people free. It was a disruption in his life that had to bring a change of perspective from being a shepherd to a leader. A change of perspective sometimes requires a catalyst or a disruption. It may be you lost your job. I've lost a job a few times. And, and, and sometimes God, you might get redundant. What the enemy meant for evil, God means for good. He, there's probably been something in your heart. You're like, hey, I really wanted to start that business. So I really want to do that unicorn. God tells him, says, you know what? If, if I don't bring a disruption, you'll stay in that job for the next 20 years. He brought a disruption from me to get me here. Or else I could have just stayed in the job for 20 years. Sometimes he brings a disruption to challenge us to stop and think and do things different. Maybe you're going through a financial hardship. It's a disruption. But God might be saying, hey, you need to put some new lenses on. Maybe you, he's saying, hey, you know what? You've been spending a bit silly lately. You need to budget. You need to read some books on money. Maybe you need to step out and do that. bit." Different disruptions are God challenges to put on different lens and to do things differently. Maybe you're going through a crisis, and whether it's midlife or a marriage or something, it could be God saying to you, hey, you need to make some changes, adjustments. I'm bringing this thing, this pruning. It's like an eye test because I want you to be the best version you can be in the next season. I want you to be able to put on the new... You're not going to go get new glasses unless your glasses break, you lose them, I've lost glasses, or they just become so untrendy and you're a hipster like me, you just want to look cool. You need some kind of disruption sometimes to make us go and get the new lens, get the test. It's not pleasant. It's not comfortable. The greatest disruption to human history was the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The greatest disruption was when Christ came, died upon the cross for all of humanity and bore their sin. And the third day rose again from the dead. That you and I could have eternal life. That we could know that if we give our life to him, that we could live for eternity. And then we have scriptures to guide us in life. See, sometimes we think, son, you get too spiritual. We get too spiritual. Jesus, what's your will in this? That person really did the wrong thing by me. I hate them. I'm going to kill them. Well, the scripture says, you shall not kill. You don't need to pray about it. The scripture says, don't kill. Um, I really want that car. I think I'll go steal it. Um, is God, should I steal the car? Um, the scripture says, you shall not steal. There's lots of stuff in the Bible where it just says, um, I'm going to sleep around with all these people. Well, the scriptures talk about how we should behave and act sexually. You know, we don't have to pray about it. The word sometimes is just clear. 
not everything's like that, but if the Word says you don't do that, well, God's will is you don't do that. There's, there's not a debate about it. So the Word gives us guidance and leads us in the best way to live our best life. So it's the washing of that Word and His Holy Spirit that renews our mind and changes it. That we and you and I can be the best version of ourselves, that we can see a new vision for ourselves in 2020, whether it be what we do or what we change with ourselves. Is this good? I'm changing tact. Changing tact. So I'm encouraging to you today that the challenge you're facing could be just God's test to encourage some new lenses and to be open to put on some new lenses, to be open to his pruning and let him do what he needs to do because he wants you to be the best. He wants to equip you for a new season, for new things, so that you can be a blessing to those around you. You can thrive as a person. The people around you can thrive. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. But storms aren't easy. I want to look at Encounter Christian Church 2020. Earlier in the year, end of last year, it's all the same. In November, Kathy and I were at a Youth Alive night in Melbourne. I just really felt the Holy Spirit say to me, raise the banner. And I was like, that's a bit old school. Raise the banner. Who, who has banners? Who's, you know what I mean? It's like, let's raise the banner, raise the flag. I oh, okay. But as I sat there in worship, I, I, just, I realized we'd been, as a star for 10 months, been trying to formulate a motto or catch cry to rally around. And then I realized that is a banner because I didn't really know what a banner was. And I was like, I was like okay, you formulated it. It's time to raise it. It's, it's time to publicize it, it's to broadcast it. So at the end of November, I, I've told the church about it, and you may not have been there. So today, I said we're going to launch it Vision Sunday. So today, we are launching what that is. You might be thinking, what is a banner? Well, Isaiah 62, 10 to 11, we can put that up. It says, hoist higher flag. We, we did this in um, one of our series. Hoist higher flag, a signal to all peoples. Yes, God has broadcast to all the world. So the banner is, is like a flag or, or it's an advertisement. It's a motto. It's a war cry. And, and people might have seen Game of Thrones. I know there's nobody in here would put their hands up to that. But if you did, I heard about it. And I heard that they had people that had these banners that went in the air. And each family had a banner or a coat of arms, you might say. And that banner was what they rallied around, whatever the symbol was, a line or, 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 or a line or whatever, a line that you would say. And they would rally around it. And, and so when they used to go into battle in, in, in the past, they would have their, 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 their banner and they put it up. And when it went in the air, people knew it was time to go and follow. Or they'd go up on a hill and raise the banner and people would come around it and rally. And so a, a banner is, is, is a, a cry, a, a, a motto, a uh, an ethos, a thing that everybody knows what we stand for, what we believe. And, and so the banner that, that we're launching today is, is, is a banner of what we are as about as Encounter Christian Church and as people. There's another great psalm, Psalm 24 to 5. Um, it's really beautiful, actually. It's really poetic. I like it. Well, let me read it to you. It'll soften my heart. It says, May he, that's God, grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. In other words, your heart's desire and your vision. May God grant your vision and that desire that's in your heart. May there be shouts of joy when we hear the news of your victory. Like there's cheers, a celebration when you have victory and it comes to pass. We sang the songs about victory before. Flying flags is talking about banners with praise to God for all that he has done. May he answer your prayers. So raising the banner is broadcasting. It's a celebration. Our God will give us victory. 
The banner is a, is a symbol of victory that we rally against. It, it's not about us, but it's about him. Before I launch our banner, to help make sense for those people who haven't been around, Matthew 5, 14 to 16 says this. It's talking about you, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set high on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So the banner is about glorifying our God. The banner is about shining. The banner is about light. The, 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 the Christian message isn't one of us hiding back meek and mild. The Christian message is one of courageousness and boldness and, and being bright and being out there and broadcasting the love of the gospel. The gospel is about broadcasting. It's about advertising. It's about speaking out the good news of Christ coming to die for our sins to bring us hope. So the banner we're launching today, and many of you know it, if we could put it up, Bright, Bold, Hope. Let's put our hands together, church. Bright, Bold, Hope. We are broadcasting Bright, Bold, Hope. And you'll see the black wall that we painted. It's, it's on there. If you didn't see it today, as you go out, have a look. We've put it on there. You can see it from the road. People go past. What's that church about? They're about Bright, Bold, Hope. And you know what? Here we go. Sorry. We've got these little armbands. As you leave today, it says Bright, Bold, Hope. You grab a couple of them, grab a few. I've got 600 of them. So I've got, I've got heaps of them. And I want you to wear them. And when, you, when, you, you know, when you're going through something, and you're thinking, oh, Lord, I need Bright, Bold, Hope. I've got Bright, Bold, Hope. My God's with me. I serve a God of hope. You know what I mean? When you're feeling hopeless, just look down, Bright, Bold, I've got Bright, Bold, Hope. My God's for me. He's not against me. You know, in the Bible, they talked that the Jews would, would write um, on the doorposts and, and God says, I'll write my word on your heart and in your mind. And, and put, put. This, is, this is a scripture, of, a, a spiritual scripture on your arm that every day you can look down and say, I've got bright, bold hope. I've got hope because the God of hope is with me. And somebody might ask you what it's about and say, hey, I'm about hope. Mike, I, have a, I serve a God of hope. And maybe you want to give it to somebody. Maybe there's somebody you're thinking, not even a Christian, say, hey, why don't you wear this? And when every time you're feeling down, why don't you look down and know that there's a God in heaven that loves you? You know what I mean? Let's use it as a point of connection with people. So grab them as you're going out. Well, what does it mean? Well, bright is talking about shining. It's talking about a city on a hill, a light. It's talking about creativity. Bright is about being creative. God is a God of beauty and creativity and poetic. And, and, and you know, he, he's the greatest artist that there is. Bright is talking about courageous and unconventional. Bright is talking about shining and, and not holding back. And then we have this word bold. The Bible says that the righteous are bold as lions, that I am enough because of Jesus Christ, and he died for my sins, and it's not about my goodness or my weakness. I am whole and right because God has made me right. And because he has made me right, I need not be ashamed that I am bold as a lion because I have nothing to be ashamed about. And that boldness speaks of Firmness, forthright, tenacious, audacity. Audacity basically means boldness with risk. So we're talking about a, a hope that is shining, a hope that is audacious, a, a hope that is willing to believe when there's no reason to believe, a hope that goes against the grain of my present circumstances. That's the kind of hope we're talking about. And trust and faith and hope in God. Bright, bold hope is we serve a God of hope. Amen. He is the birther of hope. The seed of hope comes from him. It doesn't come from us. He is the originator of hope. He created hope. We have bright, bold hope because we serve a God of hope. And we can demonstrate a bright, bold hope. 
just, just listen, this is really a revelation for me. It may not be for you. You know, bright, bold hope is not conventional hope. Bright, bold hope is supernatural hope. Bright, bold hope is powerful hope. Bright, bold hope is not just a hope that you have in your heart that's created by a man or woman from you. Bright, bold hope is when the God of heaven supernaturally gives you a hope when you have no reason to hope. When your circumstances are screaming at you, it's impossible, it ain't going to happen, there is no hope. See, if you're in a place of hopelessness right now, I know what that feels like. I know when you have no hope, how dissipating and, and disabling it is and the darkness you feel, the emptiness you feel. You don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to talk. To that feeling of hopelessness is, is so crushing. But if you're in that situation right now, you are in the perfect position because when we're in a position of hopelessness, we can come to the God of hope and say, I've still got nothing in me. I can't do this. I can't see a way out. But if I ask you for hope, you will give me a hope. You will give me hope that comes from heaven. Supernatural hope beyond what I see. And I don't live out of my present circumstance. I don't live out of a vision that I'm seeing of negativity. But I'm living out of hope that comes from God, from heaven above. Because unless He comes through, I can't make it. Bright, bold hope is supernatural hope that's a gift. It's a gift from God to you. If you can make it yourself, it's not bright, bold hope. Bright bold hope is when God comes in the hopelessness and bursts something in you when you aren't even expecting it, when you shouldn't have hope. Abraham had a son against all hope, couldn't have children. He gave up on human hope. When your wife can't get pregnant, you can't produce children. You're 100 years old. Physically, naturally, it can happen. It can't happen, never happen. But he chose to continue in hope. Because he had bright, bold hope. His hope was that his God could do stuff and was going to do stuff despite what his eyes saw, despite the present circumstance. He chose to live out of a hope beyond our natural ability. So when you see the sign bright, bold hope, I want you to think of a supernatural, powerful hope that only God can birth in your heart and that you and I can't formulate ourselves. Because when we're we're hopeless in that circumstance, out of the darkness, he can birth light. He, what does it say? Hope out of the ashes, that song. Hope out of the ashes. Out of the ashes is death and burnt and over. But God brings hope out of the ashes because then it's not about us. It's not about our ability, our strength that we formulated, that we orchestrated. It was about the divine grace of a loving God who got you through a season and through a storm that you never thought you could make and you couldn't make, but only because of Him. If it weren't for God, we wouldn't have made it. If it weren't for God, we couldn't have got through that season. If it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have had that breakthrough. That's the hope we're living out of. And I'm believing today that this city, next 10 years will be the best 10 years of this city. I'm believing for hope in Shepparton because God, Jesus cares about every person in this region. Wants to give you new identity. What are we believing for in 2020 as a church? I'm not going to go into too much details because I'm not going to overpromise and underdeliver. So I'm going to be safe. But I have some desires in my heart and God knows them. They're probably audacious. They're probably unexpected. But I just thrown them out there to him. But what I'm prepared to say today is I and Kathy are praying, believing for the youth and young adults ministry of this church over the next 20 and 21 to, to go through the roof. I, I want to see over the next two years, every Friday night, that we've got 100 youth. I want 100 youth over the next two years in the youth. That's my prayer. That's my desire. That's the vision I'm throwing out there. 
Every Friday night, we've got 100 kids from all over Shepparton, from dysfunctional families like I came for, who have an encounter with Jesus that will change their destiny. That's what we want to see. But if, if not for God, it can't happen. And so I want to say Emily's done a great job. And, and this, this, this year, 2020, we got um, Jess and Dan, if you want to stand up, just stand up. These guys are now working with Emily as the youth. Let's put our hands together for them. Youth leadership team. Dan and Jess also, you can sit down now. Okay, that's, that's enough. They just got back from Bali on the honeymoon, seeing the pictures every day. Thank you. Okay. Anyway, um, and they also oversee the young adults. So we want to dovetail those together a bit and really have that ministry kick off for this whole region. Also, I'd like to see the kids' church area. We've talked about it last year. We're going to do some revamping in the kids' church area and make that big room into two and try to get all the youth, in, the kids into one area. And just want to go on a, We're going to go on a journey to upgrade that area so it's cleaner, better, better resources. I want it to be the happiest place that if you're a family and you want to come to church, that your kids are dragging you to church every Sunday because they want to go to kids' church because it's amazing and it's fun and, and, and you know we can have youth working in there. I want to see the kids' church ministry go to another level. That's a vision that I have that I want to see happen over this next year. Some other things I'd like to see. I want us to grow as a church, of course. I'm a pastor. I want us to grow numerically. I'm going to throw numbers out there because God brings increase. Human beings, I can't make it happen. It's only Jesus. It's not for God. I want to see us grow numerically. I'd like to see us healthy as a church. We are healthy, but healthier. Yeah. I want to see more volunteers, you know, more people join teams because more people do it, less people do it. It becomes easier, lighter, fun. So I encourage you to join teams. I want our teams, our volunteer base to be bigger. And I want to see more connect groups. I don't care. I want 70 connect. I mean, a lot of connect groups, all kinds of connect groups. I don't care if some connect groups are three and some are 15. Like, yeah, you have to grow your connect to 10. And so I don't, let's just have connect groups so people can connect and have fun. You know what I mean? I don't care if there's four people in your connect group. It doesn't mean you're a fail as your connect group. It's, it's just gather a group of people together and have some fun around something and bond. And, and people feel a sense of belonging. And they've got people to, to lean on and chat to. And, yeah. you know, we don't want to do life alone. This is about church being seven days a week, not just Sunday. Yeah. But if I be honest... What do I really want? At the end of the day, I would like to see your personal dream and vision come to pass in 2020. I want to see that desire that's deep within your heart come to pass. I, I'd love to see you take a risk and step out. If it fails, that's okay. We'll say good on you. Get up again. Get up again. I want to see you go for some dreams and goals this year. That's my desire as a pastor is to see you personally change and, and maybe your marriage and your family. And sometimes we've got to change for others to change. I have to change for the people around me to change. I can't wait for them. I've got to make the change. I've got to be the catalyst. I can only control me. As I conclude today, I've gone a bit over time, guys, but it's Vision Sunday and I don't care, okay? So, it's a new me. We're going to two-hour services next week. No, we're not. No, we're not. As the musicians come and I conclude, I just want to challenge you that each of us sees our world and our vision through our own lens and our own perspective. Our own script, what, what, what are you looking at it through? If we could put up the vision um, definition, remember the vision is the actual power of anticipating that which, which will or may not come to pass. May not come to pass. Don't think the negative. May not come to pass. Why not cast the vision for the best outcome? Why not, if you cast the vision for the negative, I don't think it's going to work. You're going to, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that it will not work. Cast the vision where you want to go because the vision will lead you in the steps to take. If you think the vision of the positive, you'll walk to the positive and you'll get through it. Put on a different set of lenses. We live our life and our vision based on our experiences and our past. But you know what? You're 
Your past doesn't need to dictate your future. I'm determined mine's not going to dictate my future. Am I going to change overnight? No. Can you change overnight? Yes, but you know what? We've got to be aware. If we're aware, they've told us your eyes aren't very good. You need a new script. That's the first step to get the new, the, the new glass. You know what I mean? You've got to have a self-awareness to go, hey, I've got to change that. Oh, slipped up today, but I know I could do better the next day. You know what I mean? We're on a process to be a better version of ourselves, but it's only by God's Holy Spirit and His Word that we can embrace that journey. It's through the washing of His Word and prayer. Read your Bible. Read your Psalms and your Proverbs. Wash them over your soul. Get God's perspective to wash through you and seek Him and let His Holy Spirit lead and guide you. Be open for His correction. Be open for His encouragement. But sometimes God gives us a disruption. Doesn't mean you failed. Doesn't mean it's fallen over. Doesn't mean it's over. It's a disruption to, to put on the new lenses for the new season that He has for you. We may need to change the way we think about ourselves. We may need to just change the way we think about others and give people grace. People can change with God's help. You can change with God's help. But Jesus wants to help you and me live out of a fresh vision, a fresher version of ourselves. And for this church, maybe we need to put on collectively as a church a new lens. You know, this is how we've done it in the past. God's saying, hey, I'm bringing disruption. This is going to be a new season. I want to do a new work in Shepparton. I want to bring different people here. I want to, I want to do a new thing in this church. You know, I, I need you to be open. I need you to accept it. I need you to put some glasses on and think about things differently. Well, we've done this for 30 years. God's saying, hey, you, you, you need a script update. It was overdue 10 years ago. Can I challenge you with that? Why don't we stand today? I just want to pray over you. If we could stand and we keep in this atmosphere of prayer. Holy Spirit, if you're comfortable raising your hands to your side, please do. I just want you to be in a, a, statue, a, a, a posture of receiving. Holy Spirit, I just pray, Father, that you have a highlighted areas in each of our lives today. And Father, that the words that I've spoken, Father, would not have been harsh to, to cut, but to encourage new growth, Father. I just pray, Father, that you illuminate in each of our minds and our spirits the new season that you have for us. And that for us to enter that new season, we have to drop some old habits we have to put on some new lenses. We have to be prepared to take risk and to forgive and to step out. Father, let's pray for whatever that is for each of us, Father, that you would help us take on that new lens so we can fulfill your divine destiny that you have for us. That 2020 would be the best year of our lives, Father that you've orchestrated things that we're not even aware of. If we knew what was around the corner, we'd be quick, Lord, cut more, do whatever you need to do. And we would submit our hearts to you, Father. We just pray that you would do a new thing in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just put our hands together to God. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepherdon.